Hello and welcome to the Seeking Health Podcast with Josiah Meyer. Seek health, find God, and ministries will find you. And we've had two podcasts on narcissism. We had we were looking at overt narcissism first, as well as an introduction to the topic of narcissism. And then we looked at covert narcissism. And today I thought that it would be interesting to do a podcast on workplace narcissism. And we've kind of throughout these two podcasts had kind of three paradigms or three locations where you might run into a narcissist. The problem of narcissism always comes up in a relationship. Uh, This isn't somebody off on a desert island somewhere that's struggling with narcissism. This is somebody that's causing trouble in a social group. And so we talked about a narcissistic family, a narcissistic marriage, and a narcissistic workplace. Those are kind of the three places that as you look at narcissism, if you read a book, it's going to tend to aim at one of those three things. And of the three, I think a workplace, for one thing, almost everybody, like I would go out on a limb and say probably everybody has had at least one job working for somebody who was somewhat or very narcissistic. Uh, It's very common to have a workplace that is, you know, is somewhere on the on the spectrum of narcissism again we're mentioning this over and over that narcissism exists along a spectrum you don't always have somebody that is um kind of a 10 out of 10 an absolute narcissist but you can have somebody that ticks off quite a few of the boxes and when you study narcissism then you go oh that's what that's why sally is so hard to work with oh, that's why Billy Bob is so hard to work with. It's because he's a bit of a narcissist. Uh, and once you understand that paradigm, once you understand that that frame of reference, then you start to understand that person a lot better. So we're going to talk about a workplace. This is also going to be applicable to other places, to your family, to your marriage, potentially, if if that is part of your your situation. And so, but it's going to be kind of a, a bit of a safer, more common, and more and a safer uh, entry point into workshopping out what does narcissism actually look like when you're in a situ- social situation with a narcissist. So the first thing that you're going to notice if you have a narcissist for a boss, well, for one thing, you're going to tend to have the narcissist is going to tend to be in a leadership position, not all the time but very often if there's a narcissist in the organization they're going to push for some sort of responsibility and roles and uh, unless you have a very healthy workplace that pushes back against that that says okay you have to stay here for a certain amount of time and put in your hours first or you know we're actually looking for skills we're actually looking for qualifications we're not just looking for somebody to apply over and over and to push and to get and to cozy up with the boss but honestly a lot of workplaces are just looking for a boss they're just looking for somebody that would step into the managerial role and narcissists are often the first to step up especially if it's kind of a disorganized place especially if it's a new startup especially if it's um a lot of us kind of our first job uh we had maybe a job in uh, well, I worked in the bush. I worked kind of construction jobs and works and jobs uh, in forestry. A lot of, you know, anybody can bid on the contract and hire a bunch of people and then 
and then get them working kind of the sorts of jobs that you're not in it to make a career out of it you're just in it to make some money because you're young and you can't get a different job a lot of those sorts of jobs tend to be dominated it's common i wouldn't say they're dominated there's great people everywhere um but a lot of us have gone through that job as a kid as a young teenager where you got yelled at a lot it was confusing it was kind of a hurtful work environment but you know you only did it for a summer or two so life goes on so for one thing often you will find a narcissist in a position of leadership or angling for leadership or trying to exert some control if you have the misfortune of working under a narcissist one of the first things you'll start to notice is the workplace will become divided and fragmented and competitive workplaces sometimes can be some of the most wonderful places to be sometimes a workplace is like it's like a family it's like we're on a mission we care for one another we you know we know about each other's lives we show up for one another we we care but when a narcissist is in charge that spirit of family caring is replaced by something ugly because they will always pit people against each other and they will create this dynamic of one person is ahead one is the favored child one is the person that can do no wrong and they're unfairly treated in the sense that they're not called you know a good manager says you know you did this good but you could have improved on that and and they'll always be pushing their employees to be better the golden child will not get that correction they'll only get the positive they'll only get the adulation so it's not good for the golden child but it's also really not good for everybody else because everybody else is why can't you be more like like um grab a name here why can't you be more like barney you know barney never does anything wrong look at look at how good a job barney did Everybody else was compared to the golden child. And this is part of how the narcissist will sow discord is by comparing and pitting each other, pitting employees off of one another just in the comments that he makes and in their remarks. And pretty soon there will be scapegoats. There will be people that the blame will be attached to them if something doesn't go right. And it was so-and-so's fault. And I can't believe it. He messed up again. He messed up again. And it's set up very hierarchically and people have a sense of they're either trying to rise up the hierarchy or they're going down the hierarchy. Now, this exists in every workplace. This exists really in any family. Anytime you have any group of like more than three or four people, there's going to be a natural hierarchy. And ideally, the hierarchy should be based on competency. Who is better at the job? And the person that is better at the job, everybody kind of knows, well, you know, they have seniority, they've been here five years, I've only been here one year. That's kind of the person you call, that's kind of the person that, you know, is a little bit higher up than I. Uh, they're maybe getting paid a bit more, they have a, a bit more of an unspoken position of of authority. They're a little bit higher up the, the, the hierarchy scheme. That's in a healthy workplace. In an unhealthy workplace, how high you rank on the hierarchy is based completely on the arbitrary whim of the narcissist. If the narcissist decides that you're doing a good job, then he's going to let that be known in the way in the comments that he makes, in the jokes he makes, in in promotions, in you know, any sort of a way. We're going to talk in a little bit about how the narcissist keeps control of all the little things in a workplace. 
And there will be all these little ways that the narcissist can tilt things towards the golden child to reward them for behaving in a correct way and to punish people for not behaving in the right way. And people will feel this, that, hey, why does he get the nice shovel and I get the junk shovel? You know, why does he get the nice patch of ground to... uh, to do tree planting on and I get the junk piece of ground. Why why is that? Oh, well that's because the narcissist has decided that he's further up on the hierarchy than you are. You're in the doghouse. So, and then that that dynamic creates a toxic workplace where people are not working in cooperation with one another. They're not working their best in the sense of trying to perform. They're working their best in the sense of trying to look good. And there's a huge difference between those two. Sometimes doing a really good job doesn't actually reflect well on you. You might perform really, really well, but it was all hidden work. It was all sweeping floors. It was all cleaning up your tools. It was all customer satisfaction. That could be a really good job that reflects really well on your company. Somebody that just roars in and does a quick job and makes a buck and roars back out and leaves a mess for everybody else to clean up Well, that might look good on some paperwork to say, well, you got five jobs done in one day and everybody else just did one job a day. But who had to clean up after him? Who actually, how was the customer service? How were some of these invisible things? So in a healthy workplace, people care about doing a good job for the sake of the company and for the sake of personal pride. In a toxic workplace, and narcissists always create a toxic toxic workplace, when they're in charge and when it's a severe case or an advanced case of narcissism, they're going to create a situation where people are trying to push their way up this hierarchy and they're trying to outdo one another. They're trying to compete and they're not necessarily doing their best, but they are doing their best to outdo one another. In a narcissistic and in a toxic work environment, when something goes wrong, it's always somebody's fault. Now, things go wrong all the time. If you're working with machinery, the machinery is going to break down. If you're working with customers, sometimes customers aren't going to be happy. If you're dealing with the elements and the environment, things are going to happen. There's going to be bad weather. Uh, the, like if you're cutting trees, sometimes the trees just, just won't, won't cut right or you have uneven terrain or whatever. There's going to be problems. When you have a narcissist in charge, it's always somebody's fault. And it will always get blamed on somebody. And if you just happen to be operating that machinery when it breaks down, it's your fault. If it's a, it's, if it's a bad day, as far as just the weather, as far as various things, the narcissist will just look until they can find something that's wrong. And then blame it on you and then just pick on you to kind of put the blame on somebody's things are always somebody's fault in a healthy work environment when something goes wrong we fix it and we move on and we don't have to blame somebody and if it's somebody's fault then a good manager would take them into kind of a back room or kind of take them aside and be like you know like if you rev the engine too high it's going to blow up and it's going to cost the company quite a bit so just don't do that in the future you know this is how you do it and you know now you know you know and those moments are priceless because there's a there's a certain level of training that you can never learn from a book you need to be on site 
And you need to make some mistakes. You need to blow up some engines. You need to, I don't know, you need to ruin some product sometimes. And you need to cost the company a little bit, but it's a learning opportunity if you have a healthy work environment. Sometimes that's even a, an opportunity for a healthy work, a healthy manager, depending on the nature of of the mess up, could you know, use that as a group learning activity. Look, this happened yesterday. We all know what happened. Now everybody can know that this is how you operate the machinery. You don't operate it that way. Um, we're not mad at anybody. Nobody's in trouble. We just wanted to let everybody know so that everybody can do their job. And, and uh, this is how it is. A narcissist will handle that completely differently. And they will yell at the person. They will single them out. They'll, they'll say the same thing, but in a way that makes it very obvious that you have now moved down the hierarchy. You, you have lost status. Now you are the scapegoat. Now, now you are the one in the penalty box. What this does is it creates an environment where people are forced into hiding. If they make a mistake, they're not going to self-report that. They're not going to bring that to somebody's attention. They're going to try and fix it themselves. If they can't fix it themselves, then they're going to hide it. And if people are rotating through machinery, somebody has, has the machinery day shift, somebody has a night shift, problems are just going to get left and nobody's going to take responsibility. Uh, if, and, and, and so this creates, this is part of a toxic workplace. Nobody's taking responsibility. Nobody's saying, look, I'm the one that did it or I noticed this happened. Sometimes they don't even say, I noticed that this happened while I was working it because the narcissist is going to say, well, you know, why'd you do that? Like, what is it that you did that made it, it break down? Well, I mean, we have 400,000 kilometers on this truck. I mean, it's going to break down. We're driving over, over bumpy dirt roads. It's going to break down just because I was driving. It doesn't mean that it's my fault. Well, you know, it's, if you drove it nicer, you know, if you, it's always, you know, for a narcissist, it's always somebody's fault. So in a toxic workplace like this, it forces hiding and it encourages people to to blame shift. If they can blame it on somebody else, then they will. Even healthy people, even normal people, it kind of pushes them because nobody wants to be in the penalty box. Nobody wants to be in the doghouse. Nobody wants to feel like they're getting bumped down the social ladder because at some point, you know, if there are layoffs, the person at the bottom is going to get laid off. So people are, this is an environment that encourages people not to self-report hey, you know, like I was driving the truck and uh, I heard a funny knocking. Uh, do you think maybe we should have the mechanic look at that before it turns into something else? Yeah, like let's let's do that. And that would be a healthy workplace. Unhealthy workplace, a little bit of a knocking. We're just going to let it go, let it go, let it go until it blows up, hopefully on somebody else's watch. Um, a narcissist will actually punish people for self-reporting. If you're the one to go to the narcissist and say, hey, this happened, I did it. I'm sorry. It was a mess up. They're, you're going to get punished. If you manage to slough that off on somebody else, well, they get off scot-free. A narcissist is going to hold on to all forms of power. And you won't even realize that certain things could be a source of power. Things that would be completely normal in a healthy workplace, such as purchasing just buying and selling things, just making sure that there's enough basic equipment to get the job done, 
things like the schedule. Like, when am I working? Am I working tomorrow? Am I working the next day? Like, can I go on a trip in two weeks? Can I set a doctor's appointment? Um, things like quality control. Uh, who's doing the tests? Who's making sure that things are right? Now, sometimes there is a specialized role of quality control. But if it's not terribly complicated, why why can't anybody do quality control? Um things like uh PPE having again having the tools to do the job the narcissist will all these things that would empower other people like if you can just go to a a place at work and get gloves when you need them and then you can do your job the narcissist is going to just going to clamp down on that and make sure that you have to somehow come to him to get gloves because that's power if there's some way like with the schedule where it would kind of empower you to just know what you're doing with your life to just kind of know uh what what's going on in the future maybe maybe the the narcissist will do weird things with the schedule like just not tell you when you're working um even things that you wouldn't even think of like the coffee maker um the narcissist might move the coffee maker into his office and now all of a sudden you have to go into his space kind of awkwardly shuffling in to use the communal coffee maker. Well, why, why is that? Why, why did it move in there instead of in the communal um, lunchroom? Well, it's, it's power. It's just one more way that the narcissist makes you come shuffling over to him and say, hey, would you, would you mind if I just kind of just sidled in here and, and use this coffee maker that everybody should be using it should be common access, but now it's in your office for some strange reason. So this is another way that you can identify a narcissist or perhaps you can explain kind of like the strange behavior. So much of this narcissism stuff, it's just like there's people that are just weird. Like, why do they do this? It doesn't make any sense why they would do this. But when you understand narcissism, you realize, oh, this all relates back to their insecurities This all relates back to their pathological need to be needed. This all relates back to their pathological need for attention and to be always the center of everything. Um, As we talked about in previous podcasts, this probably comes from their childhood trauma in some way. And, you know, that's too bad. Feel sorry for them. But also when they're like making my life miserable, I would just like it if they could not make my life miserable. Um, Hurt people hurt people. Yeah, but sometimes hurt people get healing and counseling and then they don't hurt people. So a narcissist is going to hold on to all forms of power. Um, Even petty little things that you wouldn't even think of as being forms of power, they'll hold on to them. And this is going to be something that will start to cripple the organization because organizations work well when power is distributed well. People that are competent get the power People that need to get the job done, get the tools to get it done. If there's a problem with supplies being used too quickly or something like that, then we'll put a structure in place. We'll say, look, we only have so many gloves per month. Um, Beyond that, you're going to have to buy your own or whatever. We can put things in place to make sure that they don't just get used too much. But in a good workplace, these things will just flow. They'll be handled adequately and you won't even notice them. But when a narcissist is in charge, you're always missing something. You're always lacking something. There's always a question you need to ask. And you always have to go to the narcissist 
And then he always pretends that he's grumpy or he's tired or he's in a bad mood. And it's like, why are you bugging me now? And can't you see that I'm busy right now? And it's like, yeah, but I mean, I, I just really need to know the answer to this question. And like, I just, I actually really need a signature on this document. And actually, you're the person that set this workplace up in a way that I need to come to you for everything. And so why don't you just, you know, give me what I need so I can get the job done. Another thing that's really significant is the training. A, tra- a, a good boss will delight to train people and to see them grow. And good bosses and managers, being a boss becomes like part of how they find fulfillment in their life. Like this is a real delight when you work for these people where it's like some people have a hobby of golf. Some people have a hobby of painting and and that's kind of how they bring beauty into the world. Some people have music or whatever. And some people are managers and they just love to see people grow and see people become a better person, better, better version of themselves. And they love to train you. They want to teach you everything that they know so that that you can become the most valuable employee that you possibly could so that you can become competent to do anything. You can move up the hierarchy a little bit. You could perhaps replace them one day if they need to move on. You could perhaps move to a different company even. And the really good managers will even bless and encourage you as you leave to say, you know what, you were great here. I hope Nothing but the best for you in your next place. A narcissist is completely the opposite of that. Where they will not want to train you because training you is giving you power. Right now they know how to do something. Why would they train you to do something? If they train you to do it, now you know how to do it. And now there's not that power inequality. The, The narcissist always wants to have the power. They always want to hold on to things. And they always want you coming to them to say, Hey, could you do this? Hey, could you help me with this? Hey, could you... Could you, could you. They always want the world tilted towards them because of their pathological need to be the center of attention. A narcissistic boss is in his glory zone. He's got this wonderful ability to force people to serve his needs and to um, to build their lives around him. And the more power and influence he can have over the lives of others, the better as far as as a narcissist is concerned. So this is somebody that will, strangely enough, like there's this strange inconsistency where they will not tell you how to do something, but they'll expect you to know how to do it. They'll show up and be like, don't you know how to do this? That's your job to know how to do this. Why don't you know how to do this? And you're sitting there thinking, well, It's actually your job to train me how to do this before I get behind the wheel. It's actually your job to train me how to do this before I'm holding the tool in my hand. And if you show up and I don't know how to do it, it that should be your cue to say, hey, could I help you to know how to do this? Could I guide you on this? The narcissist won't do that. They'll just come and accuse you of not knowing how to do something that that they themselves did not train you to do. And that, of course, again, is just a way that they can exert power over you and push you down while pushing themselves up. Strangely enough, sometimes you'll have a boss that will tell you how to do something and then you'll say, okay, perhaps you're being polite. Thanks a lot for training me. 
thanks for telling me how to do this. And then they'll back up and throw their hands in the air and say, and this has happened to me on more than one occasion, I didn't train you on that. I Don't look at me. I didn't, I didn't tell you how to do that. And you think, I thought you wanted credit. I thought you, like, it's so out of character for you to say, I didn't train you on that and, and to make a dramatic hands in the air backing up and saying, you know, I wash my hands of this. I did not train you on that. Well, I was here. I saw you train me on that. And now, like, I didn't know how to do it. You trained me. Now I know how to do it. But the narcissist doesn't want any responsibility. There's this strange inconsistency where they want to be in charge. They want people to listen to them. They want to be able to boss people around. But they don't want to have responsibility. Because what if they take ownership of you in the sense of saying, all right, I've trained, I've signed him off on da 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 I've trained him on this. I've equipped him for that. I showed him how to do that. Well, if you mess up, then it's going to come back on him to say, well, why didn't you do a better job of training him? You know, a good manager, a good boss, a good overseer would do that. They would train their employees. They would sign them off. They would give them all the tickets. They would take ownership of training them. But a narcissist will never do that. They don't want to have ownership of training you. They don't want anybody to be able to say, oh, well, so-and-so trained you. So if there's a problem with your training, it's actually a problem with the person that trained you. The narcissist just wants you to show up knowing how to do it. And if you show up not knowing how to do it, they're going to call you an idiot. Something that you're going to notice if you have a narcissist for a boss is that you're going to have a lot of inconsistencies with your products, with your, with the supplies that you need. You're, it's not going to be a regular flow unless it's an automatic automated delivery system or if somebody else is in charge but the things that the narcissist is in charge of it's not going to be a steady flow of things showing up at the times when you need them what a narcissist will tend to do is they'll make a big show at a certain point of going out and buying an overkill amount of the highest quality of something that you kind of need or that you do need but you don't need that much and you don't necessarily need the highest quality. And then they come back and then they expect to be treated as the hero. Like, oh, look at me. I just bought, um, what's a good example? Well, I'm just thinking of gloves because working in the bush, uh, you know, when I was working as a teenager, you needed gloves. So imagine at a certain job site, maybe the gloves were supplied and, and the narcissistic boss comes back and says, look, you know, I've bought all these gloves, highest quality, $30 a pair, you know, just take one each, just take one each, you know, I'm watching you and, and aren't these amazing gloves and, you know, look at me that I spent this money on you guys. So don't, don't tell me that, don't ever let me hear you say that I never buy anything nice because look at these gloves that I bought you, you know, and, and they want to make a big deal of the fact that they bought you gloves. Okay, so you get the gloves, you use them for a bit, but nice gloves or not, they're going to wear out. And the next thing you know, you're working, you got holes in your fingers and you got holes in your palms and it's uncomfortable and, and you need another pair. You come back and they're all gone. There's no gloves. Because, and so you ask and, wow, come on, I just bought a whole bunch of gloves like two weeks ago. Like, man, you guys are using them so quick and like, it's so ridiculous and it costs so much money and ah, and goes on a tirade and walks away and you're thinking well I still need gloves like what's going on a normal manager would take a situation like that and say okay we need gloves 
This is a workplace where we wear through them fairly quickly. So we have this number of employees. Um, we have this kind of a budget. So we'll buy this kind of gloves. We don't need to buy the really expensive ones. We don't want to buy the cheap ones. We'll buy something kind of in the middle. And we're going to buy a certain number of them. We don't want to just put them all out right away or else people will just hoard them. Uh, but And maybe we'll have a way of keeping track so people don't take five or six pairs and then we're stuck without. This is the system. This is how it's going to be. And people will always have the reasonable gloves that they need when they need them. But a narcissist wants... To, but nobody's the hero. Nobody notices that. And a narcissist needs to be noticed. He needs to be needed. And so a narcissist is going to take a system like that that is working just fine and short-circuit it by blowing the whole budget on ridiculously expensive gloves, just for as an example. And then there's no more money. And also, now, anytime that you ask for gloves, or even if you ask for something else unrelated, he reminds you of the fact, you remember that time six weeks ago when I showed up on the work site and I had these very expensive gloves and everybody was excited about it and I was a big hero? Remember that? Remember that? Yeah, that's why you don't have gloves today. Okay, well, but I need gloves. <laughs> this is just an example. So, this is another indication that you might have a narcissist uh, within your organization is just basic supplies are not running in a smooth, consistent way. There's a big buildup. There's a big lack. And all of a sudden, boom, there's a surplus. There's more than we need. It's maybe more expensive, maybe more showy, more ostentatious than we need. And then there's this big drought. And then we don't have anything for a long time until people start begging the narcissist because that narcissist wants that attention. People get so desperate, even though they don't want to, they go over to the narcissist and say, I really, really need gloves. My hands are getting rubbed raw. I don't don't have a chance to go to, to town to buy them. I, I need gloves. And then finally the narcissist is able to make his big dramatic statement and stomp around and say that, oh, you're always asking me for everything. This is unreasonable. And finally, after they've had their fun, then they can be the hero and give gloves when we're just imagining in this scenario that the gloves should have been supplied. It's part of the job. By the way, this is all on my blog at josiahmeyer.com if you're kind of getting lost I have just uh, an outline of this podcast I got a lot of points um, and I think it's kind of a helpful way to break it down uh, again to talk about workplace narcissism so you can go and look at all these points um, I think I'm going to number them because this is getting a little bit confusing here but I think you're getting the picture of what it looks like what it feels like to work for a narcissist and maybe it's it's bringing up some not so pleasant memories of that job that you had that you couldn't wait to get out of another thing is that a narcissist is a terrible communicator a normal boss has healthy ways of just letting people know this is what i expect of you this is when i want you to be here this is what i want you to do when you're here this is what i don't want you to do hey by the way there's been this were this change in our workplace i just want to make you aware of that that's going to affect your job communication whether that's email or text or memos or a five-minute, you know, a little meeting before you all go out and, and do your jobs. A good manager just has this way of staying in communication and, and being regular with that, uh, being reasonable. A narcissist is a really, really bad communicator. He won't give you those basic you know 
he won't send out the group emails. He won't send out the group texts. He won't have those meetings. He won't have that basic little, hey, you know, something changed in the workplace. Just want to let you know. I think part of that is perhaps because of his raging insecurity. Behind all the bravado and the over-the-top enthusiasm and exuberance, narcissists are really insecure people. And so perhaps they just, they're afraid. But also, they want power. And if they don't, if again, communication is power. If, you, if there's something different about the workplace today, if there's something different about the job today, and the narcissist knows it and you don't, that's an amount of power that the narcissist has that you do not have. And if you have a really bad narcissist boss, they'll just let you go into the day and crash headlong into that change that they knew about all along. And then when that completely throws your plans out the window, because you thought you were going to have a typical day, but it's a very untypical day because, or atypical day because of this, with that, and the other, the narcissist shows up and says, what are you doing? It's 10 o'clock and you don't even have this and you don't have that. And you say, well, I didn't know. And the narcissist will throw up his hands and say, well, it's not my job to keep everybody, blah, blah, blah. And well, actually it is your job. It is your job to keep, to let me know what's, what's happening when. But a narcissist doesn't want basic communication. The, the narcissist would rather show up in the middle of a crisis and start yelling at you and flapping his arms and getting all worked up and saying, hey, we're 10 minutes late and you need to do this and you need to do that. And Honestly, secretly, the narcissist is having a lot of fun because they're in charge. You're on edge. You're off balance. You're in a position where you're feeling very weak and vulnerable and the narcissist is in a position where they're feeling like they're the one rescuing the day so the narcissist will create these situations through poor communication this all could have been averted if you had sent out a group text last night and told us what was happening or a group email or a memo or if you had put it on the calendar two weeks ago we would know what was happening today but the narcissist chooses not to do that. Instead, they choose to make their employees always feel on edge, always never quite feel comfortable at work. And this, again, is just a way that the narcissist um, controls things and keeps power for himself. Despite not having great communication skills, the narcissist expects you to know what's going on. They expect you to already know how to work the machinery. They expect you to already know, well, in some cases, even the machinery. They expect you to know what's going on. And they expect you to know especially what they want you to do. And this is something that I just call mind reading. Like, look, I can't read your mind. This is not what I would say to a narcissist because it's very dangerous to speak back to a narcissistic boss. But the thing that I might be thinking is, look, I can't read your mind. You didn't tell me. So I'm not going to feel bad about this. The fact that I don't know what's going on or that I showed up at the wrong place or something didn't happen that was supposed to happen. Narcissists will expect you basically to read their mind or to read little comments that they made where we were just having a conversation and they threw this and that in. And then two weeks later, they're expecting you to to show up at a place and, and to do a certain thing. You know, a good boss doesn't mind over-communicating. They'll send out the email, they'll send out the text, 
if this is repeat, you know, ignore it. But I just wanted to let you know because it's a really big day tomorrow. Just so you know that this and that is happening. And don't be late and make sure. Use the radio. Hey, just letting you know, you know, it's 10 minutes to, you know, we'll, we'll just start that. I mean, maybe that, maybe that would be a little bit. They could get too much. But a narcissist is very much too little. And they expect you basically to read your read their mind and if you don't read their mind correctly there are consequences there are consequences and because the narcissist has I mean the immediate consequences you look like an idiot and you don't get the job done and then the narcissist has a way of bumping you down the hierarchy and making you and letting other people know that you've bumped down you messed up the job you didn't do good they'll set you up to fail and then when you fail, you know, they'll point their finger at you and, and make, you f- make you feel it that you failed. Because that, again, if you fail, that makes them feel better. And because a narcissist has control over all these, all these forms of power that in a healthy workplace wouldn't even be forms of power. Access to the coffee maker or the schedule or having information like or having the supplies that you would need to get the job done. In a healthy workplace, you would just have these things and you would do your job. And if you mess up something on this part of the job, that wouldn't affect your access to all these things. But in an unhealthy workplace, in a toxic workplace, everything relates back to the narcissist. And you need to go knock on his office door if you want supplies, if you want something to go ahead, if you want something to happen your way, you need to have a relationship with the narcissist because the narcissist holds all the strings. And so if you don't get the information that you need, you don't adequately read his mind. Now he's mad at you. Uh-oh. Now you don't have the basic things that you need anymore. And so what this creates is an environment where you literally do start trying to read his mind because it is desperately important for you to know what he wants so that you don't make him mad so that he doesn't stop giving you the things that you so desperately need because he's created a situation where he has control over everything in your work life. And this then creates a situation where the narcissist starts to get into your head and under your skin because the only way that you can read somebody's mind is to start having fake conversations with them in your mind and trying to think their thoughts ahead of time and trying to workshop, okay, if they were in this situation, then they would do this. If they saw that, then they would say this. And you just start going over and over in your mind, trying to imagine what the person would think and how they would act and what they would do. And that's when the narcissist wins, so to speak. That's when they have real control over you. And I'm going to pick up on that uh, towards the end of the podcast. The ways that the narcissist, it's not just a bad job. It can become psychologically damaging for years and years after the fact. If you've worked for a narcissist and they really start to get under your skin and they start to take your self-esteem down, they start to affect your image of yourself. So something else that a narcissist will do is showboating or just... You know, they walk into the room like they're a superstar and they're singing and they're happy and they're vibrant and they're outgoing and 
you know, when they're telling you stories about what they did last night and what they ate and what their digestion was like and what was on TV and, oh, this ache and pain and this, that, and the other, as though they're the most important person in the world. And then you might start to be like, oh, yeah, well, you know, I did this last night too and shut down. They're not interested in what you're doing. It's all about them, right? And so that is just part of being a self-centered narcissist. But also, it's ways that they show their power. Because you have to pretend to care. You have to pretend to laugh at their jokes. You have to pretend that you care what happened with their digestive system last night. Because if you don't, what are the consequences going to be? This person ends up having a tremendous amount of power over you with the way that they set up the workplace. The narcissist can be very two-faced in the sense that when you get that guy alone and when you're of no use to him or when he feels like he needs to discipline you, there can be a side of anger and a cold-heartedness and a cruelty that comes out that absolutely takes your breath away. But when he's out in public or when he's in front of his superiors, he makes it seem like he's the most outgoing, jovial guy in the world and that everybody's best friends. And you need to pretend that that double life doesn't exist because if you try and point out the darkness behind the curtain, he will absolutely take you out. A point here that relates to something I said before uh, closer to the beginning is that there's just a confusing org chart in normal workplace you know who your boss is you know who their boss is you know who to report to you know who reports to so and so in a narcissistic workplace it's very very confusing you don't know who your boss is you know don't know who your boss's boss is everything is based on relationship not in a positive way but in the sense of you need to suck up to the narcissist or else your life will get very very difficult The narcissist does not speak truth because, as we talked previously about pathological liars and how some people, it's not that they tell a lie, it's that their whole internal world, there's certain things that they just can't face because they have such a desperate need to be liked, they have such a desperate need for attention, they have such a desperate need for affirmation, they can't look at themselves in the mirror and just say, "Mm, all right, yeah, I... I should have done A, but I did B. It's not really a big deal, but I didn't do something I should have done or it didn't work out. They can't handle that because that would mean that they're mortal. That would mean that they're just another person and that would mean that they would have to face that deep, ugly, haunting horror inside of their soul that says that they are worthless and who knows where that that wound came from, probably deep in their childhood somewhere. They didn't get that love and affirmation that they needed. Because they can't face that, they can't handle that truth, or that really it's a lie. Of course, it's a lie that they are worthless. They are valuable. But rather than than healing that pain and trying to find value, they find ways to put other people down and prop themselves up, which is the essential, that is essentially what a narcissist is. It's somebody that puts others down, puts themselves up. In order to do that consistently, they need to, start telling themselves lies and they tell themselves lies so much that they start to believe the lies until it's hard to know what the truth is anymore 
but everything slants towards them. And if something bad happened, it was somebody else's fault. If something good happened, it was, you know, it's because of them. They're either, they're always either the victim or the hero, the victim or the victor of every story. They're never just average. And they're certainly never the problem, according to them. So they're always going to be retelling the story in their own mind and then in conversation with others in a way that makes it sound like everybody else is either ordinary or is less than them or is just somebody that, you know, is a minion or is somebody is a lackey or somebody that shows up to help, but they're not really, you know, the the important one. It's all about the narcissist. He's the important one. So there's this dishonesty that they have with themselves that is played out in the workplace. And one of the ways that this is played out is through put-downs. And the narcissist will always be putting people down in little jabs, in little sneers, in pet names. By the way, um, this is something that is significant. And I, this is a place where biblical wisdom touches on real-world wisdom. You know, the fact that Adam named all the animals in the beginning of the Bible. The fact that God named um, Adam and he, na- he gave Abraham and Sarah new names. The fact that um, Nebuchadnezzar gave new names to the captain- captives uh, from Israel or from Judah was very significant. It's giving somebody a name is an act of power. It's taking ownership of that person. It is saying, I have power over you and I'm going to define now how people see you. I'm going to put a name on you and I'm going to... Now, whenever people say this name or whenever people want to talk to you, they're going to have to use the name that I put on you to talk to you. And a narcissist will do this. He'll give people fake names. He'll give people pet names. He'll he'll tease people. He'll... You know, and um, Donald Trump is famous for this, uh, for some of the names that he has put on very capable, qualified, exceptionally intelligent people that were his opponents politically. And so then he called them these pet names and they kind of stuck some of these names he's called people. That's what a narcissist will do. He'll put people down. He'll call people names. He'll, and sometimes it'll be really overt and sometimes it'll just be a sneaky little you know, he'll come into the office, he'll be in such a bouncy, happy mood. And, you know, he'll call people something that is a little bit derogatory, not so derogatory that people will get on edge or call him on it, but just enough to kind of exert his dominance. Another thing that's going to happen is that all the projects, anything that doesn't go right, he's going to retell the story and retell the story until he finds some way to say, you know, that time when we were talking and you said X and I said X and I said Y, you know, that was a really bad idea that you had. And all of a sudden you realize I had almost nothing to do with this project, but now it's become my fault. It's become my responsibility because I said some offhanded comment and now he thinks that I steered him this direction because this project was a failure and he's trying to blame it on me. A narcissist will always find ways to blame things on somebody else. And they will change their internal reality. They will shift things around until they're either the victim or the victor. 
and everything is somebody else's fault. They will always do this. The narcissist, this relates to something I said earlier, is that the narcissist will come and critique you, but his intentions will be, you know, there's a difference between corrective punishment and punitive punishment, or restorative justice or punitive justice. You know, you can you can uh, be found guilty of an offense and the person says, okay, you're going to go to jail for 10 years. That's punitive. That's saying, you took this from somebody else, now we're going to take something from you. We're going to take 10 years out of your life. There's also restorative justice, which says, look, the reason you did this is because perhaps you had xyz in your in your background and you know you were you were desperate and and you did these things and we want to help you be a better person so we're going to force you to go to treatment we're going to force you to do community service we're going to force you to do these things and that the the point of that is to make you a better person when somebody messes up on a workplace a good boss is going to come in with restorative justice to say look you made a mistake. It cost the company money. It cost me personally time and energy. Let's help you be a better person so that this doesn't happen again. Whereas a narcissist is going to come in with punitive justice to say, you made a mistake. You're going to pay. You cost me time. You're definitely going to pay. You cost this company money. Well, the narcissist doesn't really care about the company, except perhaps they take ownership of the company and say, you cost the company money. Now you're going to pay. You're going to suffer. And again, there's all those ways that the narcissist has at their disposal, either to bring you down in the hierarchy or to withhold things that are important to you that you really need uh, to do your job. A narcissist might seem to be your friend. But the thing that you need to realize about a narcissist, especially if we're talking about an advanced narcissist, I'm not talking about somebody that's just a little bit immature, but if they're an advanced narcissist, if they're, you know, an 8 out of 10 or a 9 out of 10 on the narcissist, this imaginary narcissist scale, if they're, if they're a Donald Trump, if they're somebody that people around them, not just you, but a lot of people are like, yeah, that's a pretty, imma- that's a pretty immature person. That's a pretty narcissistic person. That's, they tick off a lot of the boxes if you take like an online survey and like, what is a narcissist? Um, what are some of the characteristics? You're like, oh, yeah. That's that's him, all right. These are people that have such a deep wound in themselves that they have protected so systematically with these narcissistic tools that they really can't be your friend. You're only a tool in their life. And this is something that you really need to know because they will come in and they will have happy days. And the happy days with a narcissist Everybody around them gets happy because when, it's, when they have a bad day, watch out. Um, it's bad for everybody. When the narcissist is happy, everybody, hey, it's, it's happy day. Uh, we're all happy that the narcissist is in a good mood. We're all happy that he came in singing and talking about his digestion. You might be tempted in those moments to share intimate details of your life and to share um, personal information. Don't do it. Because you'll be surprised how things that you thought you were sharing to a friend will, on a bad day, all of a sudden these things get turned around and used against you. Oh, 
you know, my boss is talking about his digestion and I'm saying, oh, you know, like, that's, that really sucks. You know, my back hurts too. And like, oh, that's, that's what's not so fun about getting old, you know, ha ha ha. You think you're having a back and forth as normal human beings. But then the next day when he's grumpy, he says, oh yeah, yeah, he's got a bad back over there. Well, he can't do this job. He's, you know, damaged goods. Like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I I wasn't saying, you know, and I don't have a bad back, by the way. <laughs> I'm just using an example. You know, you, you can share something in confidence and you think that this is, you think you're friends, but you're not friends. You're not friends with this guy. Um, this is a narcissist. This is somebody that they're in it for themselves, radically in it for themselves. So let's talk about the effect that a narcissist can have on the people working under them. Actually, before we get there, I'll just give you a quick summary of the things we've said because it's been a lot of information coming fast and furious here. What does a narcissistic workplace look like? I've used the word toxic a few times. Um, That's something that people talk about, a toxic workplace, and narcissists are often responsible for creating toxic workplaces. It's going to be a place that's divided cutthroat, gossipy. People are tense, on edge. People are very performance-driven. They want to get the job done. They want to get that recognition. They, they're they pushing, which seems like it could be a good thing, but they're pushing very in a selfish, egocentric way. It's going to be poorly managed in the sense that things aren't bought, things aren't flowing in a normal, smooth sort of way because there's these big build-ups and then there's these droughts of materials because the narcissist might be controlling them, using them as a power play. The quality, the overall quality is going to go down. People's individual workstations are going to look good. But the overall quality, nobody is caring. Nobody is sweeping the floors in the hallway. Nobody is fixing the machines. Because that's not somebody's speci- that's not somebody's specific way to shine. And people at a certain point, stop caring about the organization because it just feels like a a soulless machine that is trying to use them. I mean, the company is not even a thing, right? The companies don't have souls. But the narcissist in charge of your company, he has, he's the one that, that is using you. He's the one that is really responsible for that. Those who can leave, and this is why I mentioned we often had a job when we were younger, and maybe it was a job where you said, look, this is good pay, and it's not bad work. Why is it that, that this job in town, you know, you can get in. If you're 17, 18, have hardly any qualifications, get reasonable pay. Why is that? Oh, it's because there's a narcissist, and it's a terrible, toxic place to work. And you work there for a few months or a few years, and never again. As soon as you get an opportunity, you're out of there and you're not looking back because toxic workplaces destroy people. They It hurts to work there. And some of us have long memories of, man, that time I worked there, that was really terrible. That was that was a real low point in my life. That was a low point in my marriage. That was a low point. I still have scars from the time that I was there. It was not a good place to be. It was not a good time of my life. And so what you ha- what happens is that the people that can, the people that have mobility, usually the better people in your organization 
find a different place to be. They, they leave, they transfer out or they get a different job, they quit, they, they pack up and leave. And the people that can't leave stay. And often the people that can put up with it are themselves narcissists. And what ends up happening is one narcissist attracts more narcissists and you end up with an increasingly toxic workplace because it's not just the person on top that might be a narcissist. Everybody within the orbit um, could be narcissistic, could could be, that might be even why they're attracted to the job is because they are narcissistic to some extent, perhaps not to the same extent as the overt narcissist at the top, but there might be a covert narcissist who is working for him, who understands that way that the narcissist works and feels very comfortable with that. And then the the workplace just becomes more and more toxic, especially for people that are somewhat healthy. So as I was discussing Donald Trump a few, I think last week, uh, somebody jumped on and said, look, just because he's a narcissist, that doesn't mean that he's... Well, first of all, he said perhaps it's a condition and we should feel sorry for him. Just like somebody that has Alzheimer's or has something like that, maybe we should feel sorry for him. Um, the answer to that is that narcissism, although it's a condition, it's what's called a personality disorder, which means it's not caused by any physiological problem. It's something that you dis- It's something that you have control over. A narcissist is a narcissist because at some level they've chosen to be a narcissist and my personal feeling on the matter is narcissism is just a different way of saying they're a bad person that's my spin on it is a narcissistic person is a bad person in fact in the biblical literature that we're going to talk about in future podcasts it talks about the wicked person and the fool and the ungodly so three terms that are used over and over throughout the Bible. Bibles focus more on morality, right and wrong, whereas psychology is more focused on production and, and helping you have a healthy life. So psychology isn't going to look at morality, what you should and should not do. That kind of doesn't fit within their framework. But I would say, look, I don't. there was a meme that went around that I think expresses it well. Narcissists don't struggle, don't suffer from narcissistic personality disorder. Everyone around them does. This is an unhealthy person that instead of, instead of using their pain to become a wounded healer, instead of using their pain to say, I went through hard times, I'm going to make sure that other people don't. Or I went through hard times, I understand people that go through hard times. These are people that say, I went through hard times, And now I'm going to be on the top and I'm going to squish everybody under my feet. These are bad people. The other thing um, that somebody might, that this person said to me is, but they get the job done, don't they? And the answer is yes, but no. They do get the job done short term. And there are probably situations in life in which you might want an artist in charge. Um, in the Joe Rogan podcast on narcissism, it mentioned that usually in, like the the psychologist that he had on, said that usually in healthy societies, people will weed out the narcissists or they'll marginalize them. 
But when there's chaos, when there's disorder, when the village is attacked and, and we're all running for our lives, then the narcissist might be able to push his way to the front. And maybe that, maybe there's some need for that. Maybe, and he was an evolutionist. Maybe he said, he said, maybe there's some evolutionary need for this. That perhaps in crisis situations, maybe you do need the narcissist to push his way to the front and just make quick, very selfish decisions. Make it all about himself for a while. Once things settle down, you'll get rid of the narcissist, hopefully. But maybe there are some situations where it's helpful to have a narcissist. I've wondered whether in the army, for example, I know there's a lot of people that have great character. I just said that narcissists are bad people. Uh, How can I backpedal from this? I'm not sure how I can backpedal from that. There are some situations where you just need to get the job done. And you do just want to report to one person and you do just want... I'm just going to erase that. Fuck that. And so there might be a time and a place, my phone is almost dead here, um, where it is helpful to have an narcissist. Again, I'm thinking of uh, a game show like The Apprentice or like Hell's Kitchen. You know, you put people under a pressure cooker, you get the job done. Um short-term success maybe in a crisis time maybe maybe in a time of upheaval it is helpful to have an narcissist short term but long term this burns people out long term this really really hurts people and some of us remember people from a very long time ago uh when we worked for a narcissist and it still can can be quite painful the, the marks people leave on people in general, it would be much healthier to have somebody that was able to lead in a way from character that didn't that invited competition based on jealousy, not envy. Not I want to take you out, but I want to surpass you. You did a good job. Good, you know, I congratulate you for that, and I want to do even better. Um, somebody that gives clear leadership, clear good communication. Somebody that gives good training, tells people how to do their job. Somebody that delegates, lets people know how to do their job uh, and then gives them the power and equips them to do it and shares power. Somebody that's not petty, that doesn't hold on to schedules and equipment and, and hold back on purchasing just to, as a power play. This is somebody that is going to attract long-term commitment, long-term employees that's going to Encourage people, the really high quality people that are going to want to stick around for a long time. And this is going to create a team spirit and a sense of cooperation and a sense of real pride in the organization. That would be a much better leader over the long term. So I do not think that um, a narcissist is the person to get the job done, usually. Um, and I would, when I say usually, I mean like 99% of the time. I don't mean 50% of the time. I mean usually character works. Is there the one time that a narcissist might work? Maybe. If you want to have The Apprentice or if you want to have a celebrity TV show where you only see one angle and you don't see what happens behind the scenes. Uh, even there, you know, maybe if you had more character, maybe it would do better. All right, so I want to talk about how to deal with a narcissist and the effect that narcissism has on people but i'm realizing that for one thing my battery is almost dead and for another thing that will be a wonderful podcast to have for um, the next time i have a chance to record so i think i'll end it here
thanks a lot for listening. This is Josiah Meyer for Seeking Health Podcast. You, I have a, a blog, josiahmeyer.com. You can find me on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And please give me some likes and stars on iTunes because that would be a big boost to this podcast. All right. Thanks a lot. Have a good day. Bye.